0: How do i define myself okay. and i was like uh i don't know i'm hard working and that's all i could come up with um how do i define success i think success is finding you're happy oh i think and i don't judge anyone and i don't like to be judged but it's easy to do i understand some people find success to be giving some prefer monetary things, toys. Uh, some people find just being able to pay bills, um, raising a successful family, raising uh, successful children. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways to, to find success. For me, it is finding my happy. What is it that makes me happy? And there's a lot of things that make me happy and i've been able to to achieve i think you know just about all of those
1: hello hello all my listeners welcome to align with your dharma I welcome you all wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for all your support to my podcast. Um, Today, I have this wonderful individual as always. Um, I feel like all my guests are unique and excellent and uh, they contribute to the community in their own way in such an excellent fashion. And uh, so today's guest, is, um, unique in her own way and a beautiful individual. Um, and I am glad I get to, I got to meet her. And so this individual, um, is, um, board certified by American board of primary podiatric medicine. Did I say that right? You did. And, um, She's also board certified by the American Board of Podiatric Surgery and board certified by the American Board of Podiatric Orthopedics and American Podiatric Medical Specialities Board, Diabetic Foot Care. So she comes with lots of knowledge and wisdom and she is, let's see, She's a very humble person (laughs) and uh, she got her residency um, in from 1992 to 1994, she did her residency and she's a mentor for American Association of Colleges of Podiatric Medicine. She is a team podiatrist for the Cincinnati Reds from 96 to 2002. And she's also a preceptor for University of Cincinnati for the Geriatric Medicine Fellowship Program. She is a podiatry mentor for Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association. She is a past vice president for the Academy of Podiatric Practice Management. So those are some of her professional um, uh, accolades, and as far as community is concerned, she is an advisory board member for the Lakota East Sports Medicine for the schools, and she is in steering committee. And she's going to tell us what it is about Liberty Township Comprehensive Plan. She's an ambassador for Westchester Liberty Chamber of Alliance. She's Board of Directors for the Northern Cincinnati Foundation. She's Chairman for the Grants Committee in Northern Cincinnati Foundation. And she is in the Scholarship Committee for Northern Cincinnati Foundation. She's Board of Directors for the Power of the Purse. Whew! Okay, now I can take a breath. She's (laughs) such a humble individual. And we'll talk more about what it is about the power of purse uh, so she can shed some light on that. Um, I welcome Dr. Christine Titko, who is the owner of the Center for Food Care. And she is her office is located in Liberty Township in Ohio. Welcome Dr. Titko, thank you so much for your time today. And talking to my listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, And I forgot to mention um, that you are also um, nominated, like one of the 25 people nominated for Women of Excellence. Is that correct? That is correct. And out of the 25 people nominated, you are one of the 10 selected. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. Okay, tell me a little bit more about what is it all about. I know you are a wonderful woman and a humble individual, and you your patients all rave about you. And uh, so tell me a little bit about the Women of Excellence.
0: So the Women of Excellence is an award or an honor uh, given by the Westchester Liberty Chamber Alliance. And uh, they have been doing it for, I think, Well, actually, this is their 20th year. This is their 20th year. Uh, And the way the process works is someone in the community nominates a person such as myself. I was nominated by Michelle Moody. uh, And they do this without telling the person who gets nominated. So it's all done behind the scenes. And, you know, Michelle nominated me, and then she went out to the community and um, got letters of support from others in the community who have either, who either feel like I have done something for them, or who have benefited from something I've done, or who are familiar with my involvement in the community. It's really Um, and and an honor given to people who have made an impact in women who have made an impact in the community of Westchester Liberty. And um, so then there's a selection committee and the selection committee reads all of these letters of support for, for each of the nominees. And the selection committee selects somewhere between eight and 10 people each year. And then that person Uh, if they're selected, such as myself, honored and humbled to be selected for sure, is then notified. And when I got notified, I was, to say I was overwhelmed would be an understatement. I don't know if you've had the opportunity, Aruna, to see my video of me finding out, but all I could do was, was nothing. I just sat there and teared up because these women who have been honored in the years past are, are women that I know who are really, truly amazing women. And my first thought was, there's just no way that, <laughs> no way. <laughs> so it's, uh, it was quite, it, it is an honor. I'm overwhelmed. Uh, the, the strength of the women, the community of the women, the things that these women have done. Uh, I can't even begin to place myself in their, uh, grasp, but, uh, they keep telling me that I deserve, so I guess I deserve, so (laughs) I'll, I'll go along with it for now.
1: (laughs) Um, Oh, you do deserve because you are, if you are able to recognize other women who got that award, um if you are able to recognize that, that is in you. That is the reason why you're able to recognize that in other women. So it I, is a blessing and it is a blessing and it is there. They are giving it to you because they they, they see that in you. So. Yeah, you
0: know, it's, it's, uh, they, that's what they keep telling me. <laughs> but I actually nominated this year, my friend, Jean, and I was so excited when she called me the day She found out the day before I found out that she was selected. And I was just beside myself with excitement for her. I didn't even know I was nominated, Uh, but she knew, she found out that she was selected the day before I found out I was selected. And I just couldn't, could not have been more happy and pleased and excited for her uh, because of all the amazing things that she does. So I I truly am honored. There's a gala coming up in a couple of weeks to celebrate it. And I'm going to absorb everything and accept the the love and support as best as I know how. (laughs) congratulations again. Thank you, thank you very much.
1: So I wanna ask you to get you started, what drew you to um, to be yourself and offer this to the community and what drew you to this form of medicine? Um, And then what drew you to start this business and can you describe your journey until this point?
0: Well, it's been a long journey. (laughs) Um, Well, I am a podiatrist and that is a foot and ankle specialist. My father is a podiatrist. And when I was seven, I told my father that I wanted to go to school where he did. So I worked really hard through high school and undergrad to to be able to be selected as someone who could attend the um, College of Podiatric Medicine. Uh, It was in Cleveland, Ohio. I went there, that's a four-year college. I went there and then I was super blessed and honored to get a two-year surgical residency. Uh, At the time that I graduated from podiatry school most almost all residencies in the country were one year long and so two years was very privileged and very unique and um, I don't know I guess I must have impressed somebody somewhere and I went to Orlando Florida to do my residency there for two years and it was tough I, I I'll admit I called my father twice and told him I'm not gonna make it and he said well you don't have a choice so I was glad I didn't have a choice I really didn't have a backup plan so Uh, I joined his practice and we practiced together for 17 years, which was great. That's uh, what I wanted to do when I was growing up. I wanted to work with my dad and I was uh, right off the bat, that worked out really well. We grew our practice, uh, you know, quickly. And then it got to a point where the practice just got too large it was so big. And my father's vision was to have the largest podiatry practice in the country. And I suppose we were probably pretty darn close, if not the largest, but it just got too massive. And it was not going the way I thought it should go for my future. And so I went back to school uh, in the middle of working 80 hours a week. Uh, I went back to school unbeknownst to anyone except my husband. Even my best friend didn't know. My family didn't know. My father didn't know. Uh, we, I went back to school to get my MBA and decided I would need that if I was going to go out on my own. And so I had a conversation with my dad and went solo. He retired. I, at the time, kept two of the offices that we had for myself. Uh, One was in Mount Healthy and one was in Orlanger, Kentucky. And it's been 10 years now that I've been on my own. And I love it. Uh, it's, It's been full of successes and a couple of stumbling blocks and some very difficult, challenging times. But I truly was raised by my parents to be strong, face a challenge, take a risk. You know, stay focused and believe in myself, which I do. Um, and I started practice. I closed my office in Northern Kentucky seven or eight years ago. Started my practice in Liberty Township. It grew wildly quickly. I I was so honored, so blessed. It was like my first startup office. You know, of all the offices we had, I'd always had my dad with me. Mm. This was my own. This was, Mm. the township was mine from start. Mm. You know, it was me. I was either going to sink or swim and sinking didn't seem like a good idea. So I, I was just so excited to be successful in that area that I wanted to start giving back. And I Mm. really got to a place in my professional world that I was able to give back. And that's when I started reaching out to different nonprofit organizations, uh, donating um, funds for needs, and it just felt good. And the more I did it, the better it felt. And that will continue.
1: Hmm. And that's Uh, today. (laughs) So when you said nonprofit, Mm -hmm. the Power of Purse, uh, is this one of the nonprofit? So
0: the power of the purse is actually a ladies giving circle. And I don't have a full definition for that, but what it means is that we are a group of women. There's a hundred of us. Um, Sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less, but our goal is a hundred and we each give a hundred dollars a year and that gives us $10,000 that we can and we do grant out to a nonprofit organization once a year. Uh, And that nonprofit organization would support either women or children. Mm. That's how we donate. That's how we've uh, delineated our grant. So we have four fundraisers a year. They're super fun. It's always just women. There's wine, there's chatting, there's networking. And of course, of course, there's always a raffle for designer purses. And so we raise additional funds through uh, these fun raffles with these gorgeous purses. And they are very well attended. People love the purses that we get that we can raffle off. And we also, once a year, do a purse collection throughout the community. And we donate that, those purses, to another organization that helps women um called dress for success and yes yeah and so we make this huge donation of purses to them once a year
1: Uh, so that is the power of the purse okay so the dress for that's what i knew about the dress for success but i didn't know the connection between the power of purse donation going to the dress for success yes yeah, so yeah. the dress for success. Tell us a little bit more about um, um, it. I, from my understanding, I thought it is for um, underprivileged women who are trying to get into the workforce, um, who don't have access to um, like presentable dresses correct. that they can wear. Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm not as um, aware of their full scope, but I believe that dress for success it does help women who may not have the opportunity or funds or wherewithal to to dress. So there are suits, dresses, interview appropriate clothing, uh, a purse, a satchel, uh, and I believe also they do some interviewing skills for the ladies now through Dress for Success.
1: Okay so you that is one of the nonprofit organizations you support through Power of Purse, is that correct?
0: Yeah, so that's one of the organizations that we donate uh, purses to. Now our $10,000 grant uh, each year, that's given to a different organization. There are different uh, nonprofits who will apply for our grant every year and then throughout the year we go through a process of asking the 100 members of the Power of the Purse, who do you want to vote for? Uh, We ask, we narrow it down through however many organizations apply for the $10,000 grant. Uh, We will narrow it down through voting to three people, three organizations. And then during one of our annual events, uh, the three organizations will come in and give a presentation. And then the members of the Power of the Purse do a final vote amongst the three finalists. To determine who will be getting
1: our grants. Beautiful. So um, who, I mean, um, is there any any stipulations as to who can be part of this um, Power of Purse Women organization?
0: No, just have to be a woman. <laughs> yes. You know, be a woman who wants to be philanthropic, help support. Yeah. Uh, We are located in the Westchester Liberty area, it is is through that area, so uh, any female who's interested in giving, and again, it's just a strong sisterhood, it's a networking event, it's, um, we've had things like a florist come out, and we all make flower uh, arrangements, Uh, we're about to do a wine tasting at one of the events, and there's always food and chocolate, which is, you know, I prefer food, chocolate. I'm a big chocolate fan, (laughs) Uh, you know, and then there's those designer purses that we just love. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um, I I always wanted to hear about that when, when I, when I saw that and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm, you know, you are able to shed some light on it. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you this. How do you define success? And cool. that definition of success has changed over a period of time, I evolved.
0: Well, you know, it's funny that you asked me that today, because just today my my mother and I were out shopping and she asked me, How do I define myself? Okay. And I was like, uh, I don't know, I'm hardworking, and that's all I could come up with. Um how do I define success? I think success is finding you're happy. Oh, I think, and and I don't judge anyone and I don't like to be judged, but it's easy to do. I understand. Some people find success to be giving. Some prefer monetary things, toys. Uh, Some people find just being able to pay bills um, raising a successful family, raising, uh, successful children. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways to, to find success. For me, it is finding my happy. What is it that makes me happy? And there's a lot of things that make me happy. And I've been able to, to achieve, I think, you know, just about all of those. I love to do things. I love to be active. I love to be healthy. I live a very healthy lifestyle. That makes me happy. I am married to the best man that could possibly have walked into my life at the exact right time. Um, he makes me happy every day. I'm six. I'm. I have a practice that's growing. I have a practice that has a positive review online because that seems to be important um I have a staff that works with me that's that's wonderful I I, my I have a very stressful life it's very stressful I'm busy I have a lot of responsibility but I love it and that that helps to me feel successful I love my
1: life that is beautifully said (laughs) wow I'm like, you know, I haven't heard that definition, finding my happy, but you put it all, you know, you put it all in there, you know, your health and the staff you work with and your family and, you know, how you take care of yourself, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. Um, so what is one achievement that you have achieved that you're very proud of as of now? I think,
0: hmm, well, it's hard for me to say that I'm proud of myself, but I would say either finishing podiatry school in a, in a, in a very heavy man-centered world, just getting through some very weird, uncomfortable, awkward moments during my schooling, my training, Mm. and then opening my own practice and it being, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kid you, two years ago during COVID, I thought my practice was going under, like I was frightened. I'm on my own. I'm solo. I don't have the backing of any hospital system. I've got nobody else to rely on, but me. And I've got eight staff members that are also relying on me. Mm. And when people start shutting down and wouldn't come out and I'm like, this is it, you know, I've worked 24 years to fail. Mm. (laughs) And, um, I think getting through that, was surely a challenge so I guess I could say I'm proud of getting through that but I think just staying positive through life you know whatever challenges come it's staying positive it's staying focused it's looking at the big picture not letting anybody bring me down and you know I've been brought down for sure I've been beaten down (laughs) I've been beaten down Mm -hmm. but it's it's just put your pants on and get out there and, and get up and go you you have to you have to do that because no one else is doing it for you right exactly. so beat me down try your best but know that you're not going to keep me there and that's yeah that's, there good. You go. Proud I like
1: that, that. <laughs> yeah nobody is going to keep you there yes Nobody's
0: keeping me there you can put me there for a minute but I'm not staying there yes yes you know I love
1: it I love that attitude yes <laughs> Yay, I'm all fired up. <laughs> okay, so um, so since you shared with me the uh, best achievement that you are proud of, um, and you mentioned briefly um, about the challenge you had, which everybody did when the pandemic hit. Yes, it shifted everybody's perspective, everybody's life in a different way. <clears throat> but what is the greatest challenge that you have had to overcome? And what did you gain by overcoming it? I mean, the way you are you are explaining everything, I am like, I'm so honored to talk to you, and I'm sure my listeners would be learning so much from your words. And you're being a great role model. I just want to, you to know that.
0: Thank you so much for your kindness. I appreciate that. Uh, I think my greatest challenge. Boy, there's been so many. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I think the greatest challenge that I overcame. Oh, Leaving my father's practice was really difficult, Mm. really, really difficult. It did not go well. Um, Mm. It was time for me to go on my own. And I love my father. I love him. Um, You know, I am who I am today. I am a podiatrist. I am, I am doing what I do and I am successful in what I do because in great part of my father being a role model for me. Yeah. And when it came time for me to leave my, leave that practice that we had built together, my father told me that when I went on my own, I was going to fail. Wow. And that's a lot, you know, that's yes. a lot for a daughter to hear. Yes. And he was very emotional and very passionate about it, that I was going huh. to fail. And he had other people back him up and tell me that I was huh. going to fail. And, um, you know, whether he said that because he was angry that I was splitting up the practice or whether he told me that because he knew that would fire me up, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Mm. but. Uh, it was a very difficult time for me. That was probably the lowest it was. That is the lowest I have been in my life to have mm. my mentor tell me that I was going to fail. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and, and then not fail, right? Because no chance. No chance that was going to happen then, because you tell me I'm going to fail, and that is not what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But he was also someone that I had relied upon all my life, right? Yep. So now I didn't have him in my corner for what was going to be a frightening time for me, just going out on my own. And my father did not speak to me for a year. You know, the, the, the man that, that I am who I am because of didn't speak to me for a year. And it was, that was a challenge, Aruna. You talk about like your best, dearest confidant. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's been 10 years. So I would say at about the third year after it started, I just had to have a talk with him. And I'm like, look, you're my dad. You have to, you don't have to love me, but you have to talk to me. You have to, this has to be okay. You know, and I'm doing well and you're happy now in retirement. I'm sure retiring was very scary for him. And it wasn't, that wasn't on his time frame. I, I pushed him into retirement and you know, I'm sure that was very scary. I'd be scared to death of thinking of retiring, you know, I mean, what else am I going to do the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a very, very, very dark time in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, we are now a hundred percent, my dad and I, and I'm, that is, that is probably to answer my greatest challenge overcome to regain a very wonderful, loving, mutual relationship with my dad again.
1: So what... Um, I hardly what ever
0: tell you? that story, by the way. You just pulled that right out of me.
1: <laughs> Thank you for being so vulnerable. It's not easy, but um, I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that uh, because, you know, everybody everybody knows you as a wonderful surgeon and, you know, wonderful doctor and caring. And, but, you know, everybody has something in them that that is challenging and we need to know how they overcome that because you are you are a normal individual like everybody else right and so would you be able to shed some light on when it was when it was so hard yes who's your mentor and your dad is the one who who motivated you to go to the school and get your degree and and now you know he is like I he's like completely like letting go and you have to support yourself you know have your mental stability and and it's kind of like you have to show to him like okay i'll show you how i can be successful and i'm going to show you i'm not going to fail you know in a way literally it's like proving to him like you know i am your daughter and i'm going to show you how i'm not going to take this you know as uh, um as as a discouragement, but I am going to show you how I can thrive. So, when you are doing that, what um, what did you gain by overcoming that? Of course, you got your dad's love back. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's probably the best I could ask for right there. Um, you know, my the men in my side of the family pass away pretty damn young, and my biggest fear really was his passing away before we before we reconciled. Mm. And, um, uh, he's not a, he's not a mushy gushy guy. You know, I don't think he's ever told me that he loves me. That's, mm. I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, he's mm. told me he's proud of me twice in my entire life. Um, sad that I can count them, but I can. And, um, so I think that what I gained from that was knowing, you know, again, just n- knowing that he's either forgotten <laughs> that mm. he was angry at me or he's for- decided he doesn't need to be angry um, or he's not as scared maybe of retiring. He's enjoyed his retirement thoroughly for sure. And um, so, you know, I gained a lot of strength through that, you know, and, and I think that's what people should gain from any challenge that they've overcome is strength, right? More strength. It's probably on the edge of cockiness, right? I think there's a fine line between strength, confidence, cockiness, um, I've got a pretty strong outer shell, <laughs> um, and I think that that just helped me to be stronger. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I said, you know, I can be beat down, but I'm not staying there, so.
1: That is a beautiful one. I can be beat down, but I'm not staying there. <laughs> the quote by Dr. Christine <laughs> Oh, my God, that's a, that's a good one. I can be beaten down, but I'm not staying there. Mm. <laughs> uh okay so how do you stay motivated
0: well i stay motivated because i've got staff that i that i'm responsible for paying you know that's a big one uh you know I, i've got my own bills to pay but i've got people relying on me to pay their bills right and so i wake up every morning knowing that that's a heavy load for me that's a heavy load um i'm not sure they always appreciate it the way that i you know as much as it's on my head, I don't think it's on their head, right? They're just there getting a paycheck. But um, and then I stay motivated in life just from being, I mean, I'm a truly happy person. I just this is this is just naturally me. I've 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 got a great life. I've I've had fun, I've done all kinds of great fun things that most people in this world don't get the opportunity or take the opportunity to do or take the risk to do. I'm married to Mr. Amazing. And that's motivating, right? Every day I want to tell him I love him and tell him how much he means to me. And, um, you know, I always have, a, I'm a fitness freak. I've, so I've always got some race. I'm a runner, I'm an endurance runner. So I've got some race to train for. So that's just setting goals into the future. What do I want to do in the future? Pick a goal and then you just move forward to whatever that goal is. And you just move, that keeps you moving, right? Yeah. Yeah, If it's, you have something to do, you got to work your way to do it. You can't just say, well, I think I'm going to travel to somewhere next year. You know, you have to have a goal, right? Like I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going to try that.
1: Beautiful. So I hear a lot of uh, uh, words of gratitude. It sounds like you're very grateful for, for people you surround yourself, you know, your staff, of course, your husband. And it sounds like you're grateful for your life, and you are a happy person.
0: <laughs> I am. I'm very happy. I don't. I don't. You know, I've got bad things that happen to me. I'm. I'm. I'm human. We're all human, right? I'm, that's obvious. But um, you know, I think having a positive outlook helps. Staying healthy helps you stay positive. Staying involved helps you stay positive. Um, you know, I love my mom till I would lay my life down today for my mom. But she struggles with not being happy and not having goals and not staying focused. And I, yeah. I've seen my grandma on her side, on my mom's side, and I'm like, I'm not that. I'm not. You know, I it's, I want to be motivated. I want to be happy. I want to face my challenges and and have sad times and hard times, but I want to come out stronger and. Um, and be thankful for the challenges, right? You can't have great days unless you have crappy days. You got to have crappy days to have great days. I'm just grateful that my great days outnumber my crappy days.
1: (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Yes, that is true though. We all have challenges. And it's, you know, everybody has challenges which brings them down. But it's like how we stand up, how we build that courage within us you know, and stand up back again. Right. And if we are boggled down, like, oh my goodness, this happened to me and stay down. It's yes. going to keep us staying yes. down. Yes. yes. And it's going to take longer for us to come out of that.
0: Yes. Yes. The, the longer you're down, the more you're going to stay there for sure. <laughs> so if you have friends, family members to surround you, support you. Yeah which which is great but you also have to be that person who supports your friends and your family right it can't just be one way it has to be mutual you have to be there for them yes yes just like they're there for you it can't just be give me give me give me give me it has to be let me share let me share let me share yeah
1: right yeah
0: Yeah. and because that feels good too the more you do for someone else Mm
1: -hmm. that feels good i think for me it does (coughs) yes when you give you know it, it has it gives you so much satisfaction yeah i agree okay. with you yes there is so much happiness in giving you know it's more i feel like there's more happiness in giving than receiving yes receiving of course is great everybody loves to receive but you know <clears throat> there's some kind of a unconditional um there is this unconditional uh love and there, has been, there is when there's no expectation when you're giving it's I don't know, it gives this warm feeling inside. It
0: does, it does, it does. There was a book I read when I was a little kid called TA for Tots. I don't know what TA stands for, but I will never forget in that book, and it was written for children to read. It was written in like children font and anyway, it talked about the difference between warm fuzzies and cold pricklies. And I don't remember a whole lot from my childhood. My memories, like, I don't know. There's just a lot in there, I guess not room for everything, but that's definitely one of my most uh, remembered childhood moments was understanding the difference between warm fuzzies and cold pricklies and Mm -hmm. how the world is better if we share more warm fuzzies and not cold pricklies, right? So everybody can understand that, you know, like what the heck is a warm fuzzy and a cold prickly? I don't really know, but we know, right? intuitively, we know what that is. Yes, yes. And um, I just, I don't know. I remember that book, and it does. It feels good to, to help others, which is one of the reasons why I do what I do, you know, every day for 10, 12 hours a day. I'm helping people, helping people. Yes. I just love it. I I enjoy when people come in and they're in pain and they leave feeling better. And I, I feel like sometimes I'm people's psychiatrist or psychologist, or at least their hairdresser, you know, <laughs> like hair, hair, maybe it's just hairdresser psychology, but, um, you know, people come in and they, they leave with a smile, they come in they're hurting, they leave smiling yeah. and, um, and and I'm not going to lie that feels good. That feels good to me. Yes. Yeah. You know?
1: They're because feeling I feeling like, good too. It sounds like you you listen as well. Oh. Without any judgment. You listen and you that's that sets you apart.
0: You know, it's, you know, it's interesting really that you say that because in the past 2 weeks I've heard 3 people say to me Gosh, that other doctor just did not listen to me. And I'm like, well, then how do you, how does the doctor know what the problem is? I mean, if you'll listen to a patient long enough, they practically tell you what the problem is. Uh, You just have to listen instead of your own ego getting in there and saying, here's your problem, right? Just give the person four minutes to tell you something. Yes. And they just, they feel heard, they feel cared about because they are. Yes. Instead of just get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get out. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: They already know what the problem is. (laughs) You know, they (laughs) They just want to be heard and seen and acknowledged. That's all. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what we all want. That's what we all want. Right. We want to be seen, heard, acknowledged, appreciated. Yes. Simple, basic human desires. (laughs)
1: Simple, basic. That is so right. (laughs) But you know, but, but most people miss that. And even when they are listening, they're like not actively listening, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <What>? it's important, <laughs> especially, especially as a, as a physician, it's important, right? When, because you are in that profession where the empathy and compassion is important. And that's what I noticed, <clears throat> you know, with you, you know, I feel like you are more caring for the individual rather than like okay you know one patient after the next let's get this going. Yeah. That's what I noticed about you. you. Thank
0: Thank you. you. Yeah. I feel like um yeah you know that just seems basic to me. That's what I would want. That's the kind of doctors I seek out, right? I seek I don't I mean if you're not gonna let me talk to you, what so My, my favorite doctor of all time is my dentist. I love my dentist. Most people just can't stand the dentist, I guess. I've never even felt that way. But I have had the same dentist since I was 14. And she told me two weeks ago that she's retiring. And I thought I thought she just stabbed me in the heart. I'm like, no, no, right? But she's always been so kind. And I mean, since I was 14, and I already knew I was going to be some, you know, I already knew what I was going to do for a living. Uh, and so I kind of modeled my my i wanted to as best as i could model after she just listens
1: yeah right wow. Which is
0: what you do when you're a dentist because most time they're not talking because their fingers are in the mouth right but but when you're able to talk she really listens and uh she's she's just a good friend of mine now and uh, i definitely can't believe she's retiring on me but she deserves it
1: for sure <laughs> Wow. I was going to ask you who, you know, who are your mentors? I know your dad is, but yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that is true though. And I'm glad like you, you are, you know, the people who you come across in life, you are taking the good qualities in them and you are incorporating it in your life. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. That shows, you know, who you are as a person. that's so- us
0: what what makes me, what you're saying makes me think of my residency years. During my residency, I had 13 male doctors training me. And there was an incident that happened that I was accused of doing something that I did not do. I did not do it. And no one could, none of the doctors who were accusing me of doing it could tell me when or where I was when I did it, you know, it was very sketchy. And one of the 13 doctors who had been working with me for a year and a half, one believed me when I said I didn't do what I've been accused of doing. Mm. And that, that man, Dr. Curtis Wagner, I owe so much to him because all these other docs were fake. They were not genuine. You know, I thought they were, I thought we were all a team, you know, I'm working with them. It was hard enough working with 13 men, no doubt. But, um, you know, they did, not, they did not have my back when I thought they were gonna have my back. And one guy did. And for sure, Dr. Wagner is one of my mentors. He, he, I've talked with him several times since my residency. He's still in Orlando. Um, and as a result, I learned how to treat a resident, right? Because then it was gonna be my turn, right? When you start practice, then you're you're training the next guy. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from those men on what to do, how to act, how to treat someone versus how not.
1: To
0: treat, yes. So you have to learn the good and the bad and decide which are you gonna be, which are you going to do, right? So when I started practice and I'm starting to train residents, students, right away, I tried my very best to instill upon them those things that Dr. Wagner instilled upon me and not the other people did. Attributes
1: of these other people. (laughs) Yes, that is beautifully said. That is true though. You know, we learn so much from the people around us, they teach us, you know, how not to act.
0: <laughs> right,
1: they do very few people learn. People, yeah, very few people teach us how to, you know, be a good role model because they are they are being that model. But then, you know, most of them will teach us like, okay, so now I know I'm not going to do that to other person.
0: Right, right, right. yeah. I. You have to keep your eyes open and Absolutely. then decide who are you gonna be like, right? Yes. Who are you going to be like? Because you could easily fall over there, right? Yes. Or you could fall over here. Yes. You have to decide. Yes. Now I will say that I think that my self-confidence started very early. My uh, and I think that helps, right? I think that I had, I mean, I had great parents. My mom is a saint. She's a saint uh, raising me and my brother. Um, But they they instilled self-confidence in us. And I think if we could get more kids to feel self-confident about themselves at a super young age, that that stays with you. And I think that's one of the keys if yes. I think about like how did I really get this personality that I have that I'm so confident in myself that you cannot hold me down? Yes, <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with my very early age bring bringing up. Right? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful to my mother all the time and how she raised us to be confident by making our own mistakes. Right? I made a ton of mistakes as a kid growing up, but I had to earn my, uh, lashes, right. I had to, um, make mistakes and, and take responsibility for them and make mistakes and learn from my mistakes and stand up for my mistakes. And, uh, you know, I tell my mom this, I said, you know, I don't remember ever having a curfew. Like I don't ever remember having a curfew at all, but I also knew I better never be late getting home. Right. I don't know what late was because it wasn't set, but it was that kind of thing, right? Yes. Um. When I got in trouble as a kid, I took my punishments and learned from them and tried again the next time in a different way to do something correct. And that helps build a lot of confidence, right? I took martial arts. My mother was great enough to sign me up for martial arts when I was 10. I took that. I think that was huge in yes. learning respect in yes. learning discipline yeah. uh, and confidence because then again here I am one girl and a gajillion guys you know all in the same dojo beating each other up you know and that and here's little me <laughs> but yes. I learned I learned a lot
1: yes yes it takes a lot of <clears throat> grit to to like you said, when it is like man dominate men-dominated society, and it's like, it takes a lot. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm I am so honored and I'm sure my listeners are honored to listen as well. And thank you for being, you know, so honest and authentic in sharing this because this is important. It's good to hear from other successful women who <clears throat> went through those challenges, and how they came across, you know, and and they are thriving, you know, and without without being bitter. It's like, hey, I had challenges, mm-hmm. but that does not mean I have to show bitterness towards others. And you are being a perfect example of that. And um, I was going to say when you when you shared about um, um about uh, <clears> the <throat> uh, when you were doing your residency and you were surrounded by these um, other doctors. Uh, when you said you admired this one particular doctor, um, I remember this um, quote somebody mentioned. It's important who you admire because whoever you admire, you're going to take their all their attributes, whether it's good, not so good. So it's important. Right. It's right, right? right? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. It is
1: so important. Um, so I, I remember that. And then when you said um, that you were... This confident woman, um, I remembered what Oprah said. She says people tell me I'm so full of it, and I used to <clears throat> think, why are they saying it? But she says she embraces the fact that she's full of it because she is. She is because, like I feel like, like her, you take care of yourself, you take care of your health. And you are giving back to the community and you're surrounded by love and you are giving back love. So you are full of it. And that's the reason behind your confidence. I feel like, you know, you are you are oozing out that confidence uh, in a in a beautiful, loving way and showing to people like, hey, you you can choose to be that mean person. And, and you know, because if somebody was mean to you, you can choose to be like, okay, this person was mean to me. I'm going to be mean to the next person I see. Or you can choose to be, like you said, it's easy to be like that person. Or it takes a little bit of effort to be, okay. I'm not going to be like that mean person. I am going to be this person who cares, who listens to my patients in your situation, right? It's beautiful. So, I was just like, I just wanted to share that with you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. You're just very kind. Thank you. You're very
1: welcome. You're very welcome. So, um, what is the best business advice that you have ever received? And if you can share who gave it to you, that would be great.
0: Well, this is embarrassing. <laughs> um, I think the best business advice that I got I was in practice for about a year and as I shared I did a I served a two-year residency which was at that time very unusual I had some of the best training at that time in the country Mm -hmm. when I got to Cincinnati and started practicing I was going around trying to build my practice talking to primary care doctors and telling them how amazing I was and how I could do this and to I could do that surgery and I could turn this foot around and I could make this foot a different size and I could you know recreate this foot and I could fix this ankle whatever you know I, I was extremely confident in myself because I had just had some of the best training available at that time and I was uh, about a Year year into practice, I was at a Southern Ohio Academy of Podiatry meeting, so there was maybe 30 of us sitting in a room, and this man came up behind me, who I had not met, and he taps me on the shoulder. <laughs> this is so embarrassing, Aruna. He says, are you Chris Titko? I said, yeah, and I said it in such a way like, yeah, the whole world knows me, right? It was horrible. I said, yeah, and he said, well, my name is Pat Noonan, and I'm here to tell you that you are not the best thing since sliced bread. And if you keep going around telling everybody you are, you're never going to make it in this city. And I am like, and I looked him straight in the eye, and I said, whatever. Just like that. I was like, whatever. Right? Like a cocky son of a gun. I Oh, my gosh. And I got home that night, and I was mad. I was like, who is he to talk to me like that? Like, I am Chris Titko. I am... I am awesome. Right. And then I thought, well, why would he say that to me? Well, why would he say that to me? He would say that to me because he's trying to help me. Mm. And I, I'll bet he's, he's been in practice for a while. He probably knows what's going on around here. And it was that moment that I realized that um, I better change what I was, I better change my attitude. I better change mm. my cockiness mm. and be more sure of myself, confident and not cocky.
1: Mm. And it took me some time.
0: No question. Took me some time to turn that around because it did. It just took me time to turn it around. But that is the best professional advice. And I'm, and, and he, I don't think, I think he meant it gently, Right. Um, but at the moment I was so daggone cocky that I just took it as he was being abrasive or he was threatened or, you know, I don't know what at the moment, uh, but I am. And I told him a couple years later, <laughs> I said, you know, Pat, I said, you changed my pro- professional world. And I thank you. I, I thank you. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best professional advice I ever got. Yeah. and
1: and that shows your true personality not many people will will even mention it but that shows who you are that shows how authentic you are and honest you are in sharing it because that is true right there is a fine line very fine line between being confident and being arrogant yes yes and and it it takes up another i mean it Yeah. It takes a special person to admit that first of all, you know, and, and it comes with, it comes with, um, maturity, mental maturity.
0: For sure. For sure. Right. I think I was battling so hard to be confident and cocky during my residency because I was getting so beaten down there, especially in the latter part. I think that, I felt like that's what I needed to do to, 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 protect myself. And I am, I am very, very indebted to Pat Noonan for, uh, for setting me straight.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, <clears throat> what is the worst business advice you would say? That's an easy one. <laughs> the worst.
0: <laughs> if I might just be pretty crystal clear here, um, Early, early on in my practice, I was given the opportunity, I had the opportunity to invest in a surgery center and I, it was going to be a little bit more money to invest than I comfortably had to give. So I asked my father if he thought it was a good idea. And he said no, because surgery centers were new at that time in this area. And I'm like, oh, okay. And my dad's definitely a very wise businessman. There's no question about that. And so I did not invest, and um, one of my uh, associates did invest, and some 15 years later, he got somewhere in the realm of $3.1 million for his little tiny investment, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> that that would have been nice. <laughs> so I think not making the investment that I thought was a good idea, um, you know, it was Who's to say, right? I could have been out at that time. The investment amount was a little more than I was comfortably able to give, but who's to say I could have just been out, right? What if I would have invested that amount and then would have been out of that, right? If that didn't go well. So, you know, in hindsight, it was bad, bad bad professional information, but, um, you know,
1: so be it. It's easy to yield into the ego and like, okay, I'm going to invest. Yes,
0: (laughs) yes. And I also missed out on an opportunity to invest. A friend of mine uh, owns Skip's Bagel Deli. And he's an amazing, we went to high school together and he's just an amazing, loving, great man. He's just a wonderful man. And he opened up Skip's Bagel Deli and he and I had only been in practice for maybe two years. And uh, he asked me for an investment and I just didn't think I had the money to invest. And he has turned his business into a very successful business. And I I missed out on that opportunity
1: to be part of that, so. Uh, so would you say that is one of your regrets regrets i don't know
0: if i have too many regrets um i will say i um, i was married once before my current husband and never in my life never did i ever want to get divorced never that was just not my parents were divorced when I was young and I think that's disruptive. And of course you don't wanna to stay together if you're not in love. But when I got, when I got divorced, um, that was really hard. That was a failure of mine. Um, I'm much happier now, for sure. I'm much happier and all things happen for a reason. And, and I believe my higher, higher being has a reason for everything. Um, but, and I don't regret being married. For sure, I absolutely do not regret being married. My first marriage, Uh, but I think that's what comes to my mind when you ask me that question. Okay,
1: yeah, I I feel like you are a person who, even if you come across challenges, you you learn lessons from it and you just move on and you get stronger and stronger.
0: Yeah, I learned a big lesson there. I learned you have to talk. Surprisingly, I didn't really understand that. You actually have to talk to someone for them to know what you're thinking. Isn't that crazy? Like I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that all of my early years. Like, because in my family, there especially with my father, there was no talking. It was just all no yes. feeling, no emotion, no, no anything like that. Right. And so here I am marrying someone who's an amazing wow. person, but did I ever tell him what I was thinking or how I was feeling? Yeah. No, yeah. no yeah. for sure not. Wow. And so I learned that for certain, and that has, that plus my husband now, who again is the most amazing, he helps me to talk uh, and and share our feelings so that we know how we're feeling and what we're thinking. And that just makes it so much easier.
1: (laughs) Yes. That is beautiful that you shed so much light. There's so much wisdom in what just you shared because how we grow up as children, you know, how our parents communicate with us it plays a significant role in our life
0: oh yeah
1: right yeah. so yeah. because your dad your dad did not say I love you or your dad just praised a couple of times so that you can count off you <laughs> thought by not saying words people will understand mm-hmm. you know what you're trying to say so that's what you were you know doing it in your married life wow yeah yeah, and yeah, so you were learning that. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know. But you know, but all things happen for a reason. Listen. All things happen for a reason. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Like I said, you know, I am learning so much from just talking to you. It's it's like so many affirmations, and um, just so much wisdom. And I'm sure my listeners would be very happy to listen to this podcast when I and I um, publish it. Thank you so much. Uh, Okay, so I know you have your routine, but what is your morning routine? So you are so confident and so bubbly and you're staying so focused and you're finding your happiness and you are focused on your goals and you gain your strength from your challenges. What is, how do you motivate yourself? What is your morning routine?
0: Well, I would like to say I get to sleep in every morning, but that doesn't happen. Uh, I get up at five o'clock every day and I get to the office by about six, 6.15. My first patient is at 7.30 or eight, depending upon the day. So I'm one of the rare birds uh, of, of medicine who actually arrive at the office prior to the first patient arriving. You see, so what that does is it gives me the whole morning, I'm on my own, nobody else is there, I go through all the charts, I prepare for my day, I know what my day is gonna bring, and that helps me to stay on time, that helps my staff with efficiency, And that's just much more peaceful than a complete day of chaos. Mm. I just couldn't even imagine what it's like to show up as a doctor an hour after my first patient's scheduled. I mean, Mm -hmm. how else would you be but mean and rude to your staff and your patients the rest of the day? Because you're just trying to catch up all day, right? That that would not work for me. Um, So I show up and I go to work and I have my... um, you know, I eat the same five meals every day, practically, uh, practically, and so it's just routine, um, but I plan ahead and go through my charts, and that helps, again, just the ease of the day. That's, and then on the weekends, I get up, of course, in the morning, go to the gym, but, it, and during the week, I'm at the gym at, gym or running
1: at night. Oh, okay, that's, so that's I was work. going to say, so you work out in the evening, after you're yeah. at work. Because I'm already up at five o'clock, Aruna, that's that that's it. Yes. <laughs>
0: That's really enough, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, So what is your workout routine? Would you mind sharing?
0: Uh, Well, I run three to four days a week. Uh, I train for half marathons and marathons. And I like running on the trail. And I also like running on the road. So, um, and then I try to go to the, I'm not going to the gym often enough. I, I should go two to three times a week but I don't, I try to get there twice a week. Um, Mostly because I also need to do some upper body workout. Like I'm pretty strong there on the lower extremities, but uh, my upper body, not so much. And I have my grandma's arms, right? That flab under the arm, yeah, grandma arms. So, um, you know, I try to eat clean. I try to eat clean every day. And, um, you know, I have maybe one cup of coffee a day. Gotta have a cup of coffee. I used to not drink coffee. Then you get addicted to that stuff, woo-wee, yeah. But one cup a day, that's it, that's my limit. Um, So I have that in the morning. You know, eat clean, live clean,
1: it it works. Wow, I love your energy. (laughs) Okay, Um, so you shared with us what your typical day and typical morning looks like. Um, Do you have any favorite business tool, resource, any app that you use
0: that has helped you? No, I'm kind of old school that way. Um, I'm old, you know, we, of course, we have electronic medical records instead of paper charts. Nobody's, I don't think anybody has paper charts anymore, I hope. But, um, you know, we do a lot of state of the art treatments in, in the office. We do a lot of laser, we use platelet therapy, we use regenerative cells, we do joint lubrications. Um, We have a microwave energy uh, machine we use for warts. So I like doing very up to date, high technique uh, modalities for treatment. I am trained as a surgeon and I did surgery, a plethora of surgery the first. 20 years of my practice, but now I'm learning that there's so many great ways that we can get people better without taking, to, taking them to the operating room. And their recovery is stronger, their recovery is quicker, there's less downtime. Um, you know, we used to have a surgery, what used to be our only option to treat an ankle sprain or a ligament rupture or a tendon rupture or arthritis. We would only address it surgically because that's what we knew to do. But now with all the biologics that are available with platelets and stem cells and um, joint lubrication and hyaluronic acid, now we even have a fat pad replacement for people. So we can take someone who's maybe a a person over the age of 50 say, or someone who prefers to wear high heels that push the ball of their foot into the ground. We can actually put a fat pad replacement in when the ball of their foot, they've lost their fat pad from pressure or time or age. Um, it's amazing. I mean, there's just so many up-to-date things and new technologies available in my world as a foot and ankle specialist that rarely do I do surgery anymore. Uh, there's, There's definitely still a place for surgery, but the recovery time, the success rates, the decreased complication rates that we have with all these new technologies is amazing. It's simply amazing to me. I love it. And I love learning new things. I might be older, but I love learning new things that help my patients get better, quicker, stronger, less time from work, um, less complications. It's it's very fulfilling to me to see success um, for my patients.
1: You know, I, have a, I do have an ego.
0: I mean, I know you think I'm all kind and wonderful and I appreciate that, but I do have an ego. So I like to be successful. And <laughs> success for me is also
1: success for my patients, right? Absolutely. But you you are putting the patient's um, recovery first. And how I feel like your thought process is like, how can I make my patients recover faster uh, without the surgery if possible? Yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: yes, absolutely. I mean, if I used to tell someone they'd have to take 12 weeks off of work in order to fix, I don't know, a tendon tear, tendinopathy, tendinitis, a sports injury, 12 weeks off of work, imagine not getting paid for three months. Yeah. Or even if you're on short-term disability, you're not making as much. So yes. if I can turn that around and get them back to work the next day or the next week. Wow. That's a huge benefit. Absolutely. To me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm at once a year, once a year, there's a, a seminar that I go to, uh, that learns specifically about, okay, well, how do we help these people get better quicker and what's new technology? And of course it's, I have to invest in that new technology, right? I mean, a laser is not cheap, so I have to invest in that, but okay, let's do that for the better good of the, let's, let's bite off a little bit more to get people better, quicker, stronger, faster. I mean, to me, that just, To me, that just makes sense. To me, that's just keeping the patient's best interest in mind. That's what I need to do.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Well said. So what is next for you? What do you see next?
0: (laughs) I know you said you
1: want to go attend seminars and learn the new things. Yeah. What is next?
0: Well, There has to be something, doesn't there? There does need to be something. Uh, Let's see. I would like to see myself... I don't want to retire yet. I'm having a great time doing what I'm doing, Um, but I do have two really amazing podiatrists that have shadowed me over the past few years that I'd like to help them further and further. And I think they might have some interest in joining my practice someday. So I'd like to, from a professional standpoint, I'd like to help them if they would be so kind as to take my help. Um, From a personal standpoint, I just want to keep being healthy, uh, staying focused on my health, staying focused on my marriage, staying focused on my family. And, um, you know, I don't know yet what that looks like, but I think it's going to be more traveling. I feel more traveling coming up. (laughs) <laughs> I love amazing. to travel. I love to eat. Yeah, those are my two big things, traveling and eating.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, so I <clears throat> you know you mentioned uh, you know somebody who has had uh, tendinopathy or uh, tendinitis, but what other um, common ailments that you see that your patients come to you And you already mentioned that you are looking to get them sooner, recover faster, so they can get back to whatever work they're doing. But what do you see common in your office?
0: Probably the most common thing I see is heel pain. So Ah. people who have heel pain, uh, they will frequently call it heel spurs or plantar fasciitis. There's actually more appropriate terminology that's boring at the moment. Um, uh, But heel pain, uh, pain in the ball of the foot, calluses, sports injuries, sprains, strains, tendinitis. Um, I do a lot of treatments for diabetics. People who have diabetes will either have wounds on their feet or they will have nerve damage where they can't feel their feet, their feet go numb. Uh, We actually have a treatment that reverses that nerve damage, which is amazing. They start walking better. They feel better. They sleep better. Um, So You know there's really weird bizarre things that we see also but those are probably some of the more common things that
1: we treat. And um, so those people who have nerve damage and you said you you have seen them be successful you know recovering from that how long does it take after your treatment how long does it take for them to gain that you know nerve to regenerate?
0: So it depends on how bad their nerve damage is and when they decide to start treatment. So, the general thought process for most people is well, it's not that bad yet. Yes. Let me let let my nerve damage get really bad. Yes. Then you treat it. No, that's, I can't, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm just a medical person. So, the most successful treatment in preventing or reversing nerve damage is when we catch it early. And so, if we can catch early nerve damage in someone who has diabetic neuropathy or alcoholic neuropathy or B vitamin deficiency neuropathy, if we catch that early, when they just start to have numbness or tingling in their toes, they're, they're back to feeling, um, full sensation, usually within about five weeks. Wow. Yes. You know, and that means that they can walk stronger. They're not stumbling people who can't feel their feet. They stumble, they fall, they, you know, it's dangerous for them. Uh, Yes, it's painful, but you know, waiting until you're numb to your knees. I can't, I can't, I can't help that, <laughs> you know. Um, but I want to help you in the early stages and be successful getting you where you want to be.
1: Wow. Mm. Um, I do want to ask you, how do you unwind? And how, what do you do to recharge?
0: Well, I think I wind down If I can take a run or go to the gym after work, that helps me a lot. Mm. I like red wine. So (laughs) that helps a little and truly from the depths of my heart, the way I unwind the best is just cuddling up with my husband. We cuddle, we watch TV, we just sit and talk or we don't talk. Being next to my husband is the most calming Loving feeling that every person in this world should be allowed to feel.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) That is so (laughs) sweet.
0: It's true. true.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: How do I rev up? Just get up. You know, I'm 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 blessed to be. I am blessed to wake up every morning. Right? Like, aren't we blessed every day we wake up? Because not everybody gets that. Not everybody gets to wake up.
1: Yes. Even though we go to sleep thinking like, okay, we are going to get up. Nobody's promised that next morning. No. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. I think that just
0: some days are easier to get out of bed than others. Right. But so far, knock on wood, every morning I wake up Mm -hmm. and that, that really does that. That's good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just ran a race uh, last weekend, the Marine Corps Marathon. And at mile 20, there was a gentleman receiving CPR. Uh, He had had a heart attack. And um, that was really hard to see. Yeah. Uh, Really hard, like not just because you're trying to run six more miles after running 20, but you're like, oh my gosh, this man's not going to make it. And I just saw him getting chest compressions and that's not good, right? And so my whole mind for the rest of the race and the rest of the day was, what's his family doing at the finish line? You know, they're waiting for him. How long does it take for them to learn that he's not coming in? Or, you know, um, how does that, like the whole, how does that change the, every aspect of his world and everyone that he's touched, right? Um, I did find out subsequently that he survived oh good and yes uh, it took me three days to learn that but um, you know that's that's again it's you don't know what tomorrow brings for you you just don't know so i believe you should be grateful thankful for everything that you have
1: wow you're just a wonderful wonderful individual <laughs> um I'm just, I'm just, I'm grateful for talking to you. Okay. Any question did I not ask that you wish I had asked?
0: Um, I don't think so. (laughs) I would like to put a big old shout out to my husband, Tom. He is my lifesaver. He has saved my life three times. Once he saved my life. from an emotional standpoint and once he saved my life from a very dark space and he has also helped me save my life financially so mm-hmm. he is a partner that i believe that if the whole world was in love the way i am with my husband the world would be a better place wow um, so i want to put a shout out to my husband tom stanforth he is amazing and no, you he can't hear me right now. I'm just saying it because I feel it.
1: <laughs> that is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Okay, um, and um, I, I'm going to put your Facebook page so people can connect you there as okay. well. And then um, um, your your LinkedIn page, is that a good one for you for people to connect with you? probably okay I don't, I don't use linkedin a lot because i'm not
0: usually looking for a job okay. <laughs> um, okay. but you know there's there's definitely a lot of people on my linkedin page for sure okay so facebook page would be a great place for people to reach out to you i think so yes
1: yeah. okay. on my
0: website and if there's a way to put it on my my business yes.
1: website that'd be great okay perfect okay center for food care yes yes okay <laughs> thank you so much I Marisa, appreciate thank you, you. Thank appreciate you. your time for um, you know on this day on a weekend to take your time to talk with me I learned so much and I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart and you are being such an inspiration for all women um and the the way you explain how you survived when when there is a group of men there, and you as an individual woman, you you showed the world, you know, how to survive and thrive being a businesswoman. And at the same time, I also realized when you said that Dr. Pat came and told you, uh, you know, how to change the attitude, you took it. And <laughs> you, you did not let your ego, you know, come in the middle. And that says a lot about who you are, you know, instead of just like, You are humble and um, a confident woman, balanced. Thank you. Thank you. That's how I feel. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you very much.